And she's so stupid she thought it was because they were making sweatpants or sweatsuits. And I'm like, don't tell me you think a sweatshop is where they made sweats. <laughs> Unreal, dude. She's like, ah, yeah. oopsie. Unreal, dude. Whatever the podcast, we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Alec Burgess. Let's get it. Yeah, we appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead, hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification button, all those fun things. Tell a friend about us. Tell your family about us. Tell everyone about us. Your imaginary friend about us, especially. We love imaginary fans. Tell your redheaded stepchild that you do not love about us. Exactly. That's it's torture, so it's a good point. <laughs> yeah we're back to uh last movie of the year dude like yeah. this is the last movie of the year well, actually this will be the first the first movie yeah, first movie last movie we watched but it carries over to be the first right. movie of 2023 the first release of 2023 welcome to the new year for those listening on monday the first monday the first it is the first huh i thought it was the second is it the second I think it's the second because yeah, Sunday's the first. You're, you're right, yeah, you're right, you're right. Everybody sets their New Year's resolutions, and by Monday or the second, they have already fucking lost every single resolution. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That and the 21st of January is the most is considered the most depressing day of the year because everybody thinks that you can create a new habit in 21 days. So mm. on January 21st, when it's not a new habit. People start to cry. Yeah, they get all brokenhearted. That's why you should never change. Uh-huh. Don't give in to peer pressure. Yeah. They could be an asshole. It's fine. Just be like us and just <laughs> fucking do you. And not give a shit. And with that, we're here today to talk about The Glass Onion. It was released Hooray. December 23rd, 2022. It was written and directed by Ryan Johnson. It stars Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, Kate Hudson, Dave Bautista, Janelle Monet. Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick, Madeline Klein, and Noah Sagan, with a special guest appearance by fucking everybody. Um, <laughs> and Pretty much. Yeah. This movie about the famed Southern detective Benoit Blanc, who travels to Greece for his latest case. Dude, I was so excited for this. Like, I've been waiting for this one. Did you know, I, and I'm sure you know, as a huge former fan and now member of the podcast, this was my first five. The, the original yeah. Knives Out was my first five ever. One of the funniest, most entertaining movies still to this day that I've yes. ever seen. I watched that just recently, actually, for the first time. Oh, yeah. I missed it for whatever reason. That stuff going on when it came out in theaters mm-hmm. um, and then it came out on streaming. I know she was watching it. So I tuned in. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is <laughs> oh, fucking hilarious. Love it was it. brilliant. And I love the way that they're playing kind of the mystery thriller, thriller mystery yeah. type of story. Especially in this one, it's good enough to keep you entertained in kind of an era where we've not really been paying attention to much of what's going on. They add that needed comedy to really kind of spice things up or mix it up. And it's an entertaining mystery thriller, mm-hmm. which is hard to find. And the rewatchability for those is almost zero. Mm-hmm. But these ones are doing it well enough that. I'm okay with watching again, despite the fact that I know the twist and know how it ends. Well, and I think that's what I loved about the first one so much. And this one too, is that it's almost like they throw the answer at you so heavily 
the whole time that you're almost like, it can't be that, can it? No. (laughs) (laughs) But then it is, but you're still like, it's interesting because it's not like a letdown. Because, you know, for me, we talk about this all the time. I randomly figure shit out a lot in movies and TV pretty early on for better or for worse. And sometimes it's a real letdown for me that I'm like, oh, I already know where this is going. But these movies, and that's one of the things with the first one and then this one, it's like, you're like, I get it. Like, there's no way that this isn't, it can't end any other way than this. And I'm okay with that. I want to know how we get there though. And I want to know how Benoit Blanc figures it out. And like his explanation of everything is always so great. And kudos, kudos, kudos to Daniel Craig, because I've always loved Daniel Craig and a lot of things that he's done, 007, the the old original Golden Compass, no matter how shitty that movie was, he was fun. But at the same time, like, I never pictured him in this role of Benoit Blanc, but goddamn, no. he kills it. Like, <laughs> I love every minute of him on screen. So, oh, absolutely. The best part is, like, in this one, especially, the big reveal really isn't his. Yeah. Like, he's completely hands off. We get his reveal early on in this dinner party, which <laughs> is such a brilliant scene. Oh, yeah. Um, it was probably my favorite one. Where you start this murder mystery dinner, you know, Edward Norton's character is Miles, like super stoked about this great adventure. He's got the best detective here who he sure is going to be fooled and it's going to just add to this legend that he's cultivated amongst his friends. Mm. And then it takes Benoit Blanc all of 20 seconds (laughs) (laughs) to shit on his parade so hard. And it was just funny because even before he starts going, he's like, well, what do we win as a prize? You know, you said we win and the figure what we get, you know, something like an iPad. <laughs> yeah. And the way he played, it was so cool. Cause it's like, Oh, he's gearing up to get started, you know, not to like, yeah. and you didn't reveal. Think, yeah. Like I didn't, like I didn't see it coming, which was fun. Cause he's just like, it's this. And I'm like, Oh, fuck. It's that's Birdie this. J. Yeah. <laughs> With the, with the crossbow. And then when he's all done just shitting on everything, like the arrow that shoots across and still hits Miles. Oh, it's great. Oh, it was beautiful. I love that reveal. But that came so early in the movie, mm-hmm. um, which was great because it sets your expectations almost, especially if you haven't seen the original, to know that Daniel Craig is the man, right? He's got it all figured out. He's better than Sherlock Holmes, all of these things. He knows how to be a detective. And then he really doesn't do a whole lot for the rest of the movie. <laughs> so true. <laughs> like, and it, it, but it still works. It still fits. You're still waiting almost for him to give the big reveal. Then when the time comes, he almost passes the torch on to Helen mm-hmm. and takes a backseat and walks away. Oh, yeah. And it was... It was amazingly done. And it was so good. It's hard to put into words how great this was. And I'll be honest. So it's one thing that concerned me is when we first start, it starts off because one thing about the original Knives Out was it was like immediate. Like you were like, whoa, shit, this is happening, right? Like what the fuck's happening right now? This one took a minute to get there, right? Like, so you have all the boxes getting sent out, which the whole group call was pretty funny and them trying to figure out the different traps or whatnot. And then you just get to the freaking one chicken. She just beats the shit out of it. With <laughs> so all these intricate things and she just is like, fuck it. I'm going to break it. Which I would have done. Yeah, if exactly. I'm yeah. I would have gotten bang, bang, bang. Oh yeah. But that, 
it was so cool as well because you have Dave Bautista's mom in the background like it's a Fibonacci sequence <laughs> yeah because she's like three steps ahead of this alpha scientist forget his name Lionel Lionel, Lionel yep. she's like three steps ahead of this dude where it's an end it's a compass <laughs> just a short pause later you have oh it's a compass man. yeah everybody turns north uh, it started a little bit slow like you were yeah. saying in terms of action but they filled it in with comedy almost seamlessly yeah, oh, for sure. Well, it's just like, you, and then you skip to Blanc sitting in the bathtub going nuts because of COVID, and he can't solve a case or whatever, and he's in the tub on a friggin' call with, like, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and, like... Playing Among Us, of all things. Yeah, seriously. Like, And I love that, like, this running gag that he's terrible at, like, investigative games, like... Among Us and Clue and shit. And, like, the whole time, like, he's on there with Steven Sondheim and, like, Latasha Leone, and they're just making fun of his ass. Like, just the random shit in this movie, in the ramp-up of this movie. But I love how they did it because you couldn't, unless you wanted a copycat of the first one, you had to have a different ramp-up, right? Like, you couldn't just start with this whole scene of this old man killing himself to avoid her getting in trouble like you can't redo that. So it's never going to be perfect. Cause that was just the perfect storm in the first one. But this one, it took me a minute to get into the ramp up, but I was like, okay, this is pretty funny. And then I was like, and then as soon as you hit the Island, it all goes off the fucking rails. You're like, Whoa, shit, this is crazy. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it took a minute, but I, it was just funny. Like you said, it was full of comedy, just chock full of it. It makes so much more sense after you hit about that halfway point in the movie yeah. and they go back and tell you the story from Helen's point of view. And it fills in all the blanks and you're like, Oh, 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 yeah. Um, as things pop up, like you're saying, it's, it's almost a subtle comedy. And I really enjoy that subtle comedy mm-hmm. where it's not, you know, like the sitcom laugh track going off, cueing you when to laugh or a big kind of break in the dialogue so that, you can focus on the joke and the punchline. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when Daniel Craig's first talking to Edward Norton, he's like, yeah, this box showed up full of children's puzzles. <laughs> like these things are super intricate, multi-layered boxes that, you know, it, we figure out he spent a lot of money on hiring a guy to build and Daniel Craig just backhanded oh, yeah. right from the get go. Yeah. It was full of like just, you know, stuff that children could solve. Oh, yeah. oh, and I love, like, the... I mean, Ryan Johnson, look, he gets shit on a lot because of Star Wars, The Last Jedi. But you know what? The guy's a fucking genius, and he writes impeccably, and this is no exception. And, like, the subtle shit on Elon Musk that this movie had made me laugh so hard. And I was sitting there, even from the beginning, because you, you meet Miles on this beach. And even before Benoit Blanc points it out later on in the movie... He's just saying this dumb shit. And you're like, the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like, <laughs> well, I, the problem was I heard the words. Yeah. Right. And I was like, that's, that's not right. Like, yeah. especially the one that really stuck out was infraction point. Yeah. Or, and I was like, mm. so I looked at cases. Do they mean inflection point? Like, yeah. You see all the time. I was like, that's got to be on purpose. This is just another running gag. Yeah. So I was like, I, that's that's not the right word, but yeah, you know, I could see playing a character or something like that. And absolutely not. The guy's just a fucking moron. Yeah. Just a complete idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't know the right word. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to correct him. 
And they're all looking at him like, oh my gosh, what the fuck? Well, and it's just such a funny allegory for our world too, right? Because if oh. you have money, you can get away with nobody's dumb shit like that. Because yeah. nobody's going to say anything because they want you to pay them. Like, I mean, that's... They're hanging it, on that golden tit. Exactly. They're hanging <laughs> on the golden tit. It's fucking great. Just this whole... And I think... Again, that's another reason that I love Ryan Johnson. Just like in the first one, it was this whole story of families and how, again, money like corrupts families and makes them shitty human beings when it comes down to it. At the same time, this one took it as like from a whole societal level versus just the family. And like the shit people are willing to do for people that have money that haven't really earned your respect, your loyalty, things like that, other than they can fill your pockets because that's every yeah. one of them except for Andy and Benoit. It was about, they needed to make sure that their lifestyle was maintained. And the only person that was able to do that for them at that point was miles. And they didn't give they up on it until and, the whole thing was done. Right. Yeah. You had to go to Greece and all other different types of places all over the world. You had to do what he told you mm-hmm. like the, yeah, abbreviating that you had to do to get <laughs> yeah. the money to come down is just crazy. Oh abbreviate the air. <laughs> fucking stupid. Oh, and then he builds this whole compound with a goddamn onion in the middle. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's and so it's, stupid. It's dong that he has. <laughs> Hourly dong. And then they just this fucking random dude running around the fucking island. Okay, Daryl was an integral part of this storytelling. Oh, Daryl was amazing. <laughs> kind of made my ass laugh so hard. Uh, it's it's hard to kind of tell someone who hasn't seen the movie. Yeah. Because you have all these intricacies going in and around. They work perfectly together. But you have like when talking about the island, when you're on approach to the island, right? It's Greece. Great backdrop to have it on. You have this dock that rises above the water. And, you know, you're like, oh, my gosh, like this is something out of a superhero movie or, you know, Batcave, essentially, of this billionaire. Yeah. And then you find out later, no, <laughs> the dock is built for low tide. So you can only dock a fucking low tide when the tide goes down. When <laughs> the fucking the guy boating them in keeps basically calling them dumbasses. The guy that dumbasses are coming in. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but it's just like in his language, he's calling him an idiot because of the fact that you can only talk one at one point every like three days or some shit. Fucking so stupid. But it, it fits, but it doesn't like it fits in both scenarios, but it's hard to quantify that. Or mm-hmm. Put a number on because it shouldn't like it's amazing writing because you have the story that works well from two different points of view. And it's the same story. And depending on which you saw first is what you're going to lead to believe more. Yeah. But then the game really starts. Oh, right. Dude. Like we've seen Benoit Blanc rip apart his perfectly murder mystery mm-hmm. that he has someone else write, which yeah. is so funny. Goes, oh, she's a very good writer. <laughs> she's bloody expensive and you ruined it. And then that whole scene kind of where they're sitting in the lounge area. Mm-hmm. was so good because they played well with the music and the stopping and you know something's coming oh yeah right? you, you know and you're kind of sitting there waiting waiting and i know that you find out stuff accidentally i try to make sure i can't find anything out because <laughs> i mean i'm not great at it anyway right but i don't want to accidentally find something out sure. because 
like the big reveal only really happens once. Yeah. Oh, she's the exact opposite. She's like, who did it? Who did it? Who's going to do something? <laughs> Shut up. I want to watch. But you have this where the music stop and go back and forth. You get in a bunch of different images coming in there, just coming in real fast and real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you saw what the big reveal is when it happened. I had to go back. I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Watching it through the second time, I was like, up oh, there, there, there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was glad that I didn't see it because it was, oh, I was looking for stuff. I was, thought something else happened, mm. but it didn't. And then when you watch it back again, I was like, ah, oh, those motherfuckers. <laughs> well, like, it, boom. It's some genius filmmaking too. So the, the cinematography, and here's just a quick example of I think what you're talking about. And it got me, it made me second guess myself, like seriously. So spoiler alert, if you're listening and haven't seen this and you want to avoid spoilers, back off now because I'm about to spoil some shit. But when I'm watching it and Miles sits down the first time, right? Not the recaps or whatever, but he sits down next to Batista's character and he hands him the drink. I saw it. And I said to Casey, I was like, oh shit, he just handed him his drink. I was like, game on. I was like, Miles is it. He just poisoned Batista. I was like, I wonder who. And then in my head, I'm like, I wonder if this is going to be like multiple people are going to die, right? And then I was confused as to why. Like, why would he kill Batista? I'm not quite figuring that out. But he handed him the drink. And then after all of it's starting to figure out and Benoit Blanc's going through some things and he looks at the drink, you see a different cut of that same shot of him setting Mm. the drink down and Batista's character reaching for it. And I went, oh, he's going to figure out. Wait, I swear to God, he handed it to him. I was like, did I see that wrong? And so I started second guessing myself. Did I see that? Did I just mentally put that in my brain because I wanted it to be that way? So it was genius cinematography because he blatantly shows him handing Batista the drink in the first cut. And then that second one, it blatantly shows him setting it down and Batista Ah. reaching for it. And I went, I could have sworn he handed it to him. He didn't pick it up. And Casey even was like, no, I just think you were seeing some shit. And I'm like, okay. And then, of course, you get to the the further on reveal. And I'm like, motherfucker, I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was mad, but I was like, it's genius because it makes you... It's right in front of your face with these movies and this movie even more so than the first. But if you're not like, but they give you reasons to second guess yourself, even with like the whole Andy getting shot or how we find out later it was Helen getting shot. Like I was like, the first time you see it, I'm like, why is Blanc crying? Why is he so damn emotionally attached? Yeah. I was like, that's not him. And then they go through this whole Helen story and I was like, oh, damn, that sucks that she dies, right? And then you're like, motherfucking hot sauce. I was like, this is bullshit. I was like, this fucker got me on that one. There's so many things going on. It's hard to pick out what's real and what's not. Like in that scene where I think it might have been the second cut you were talking about, where it shows, I guess, Miles or Batista picking up the drink, whatever it was. Uh-huh. I saw, or I remember seeing, like, I thought it was Claire because she like crosses in front of Batista. Oh. And when the gun is gone, I thought she nabbed the gun from him. I was like, oh, that must be where the gun was taken. Right. Cause I've seen enough mystery thrillers. So I'm like, okay, hey, gotta mm-hmm, watch a little mm-hmm. bit what's going on. So I was looking in the wrong spot. Sure. Like, dummy. 
And then we see later on, nope, way wrong. And I went back and watched it. And like, if you know it's happening, it's like, oh my gosh. But without knowing the way that Miles lifts the gun, looks like just a completely natural, oh, that was fun. Cool. See, I'm going to go talk to another guest yeah. at my party <laughs> type of a move. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, damn it. <laughs> I know, dude. It's, it's fucking amazing, the shit that he pulls off. And another one is like, like right in front of your face is, the Andy's, is Andy's drink. Like he gets everybody's drink right, which means that you know he got hers right, but she sets it down after one sip. And you're like, what the, that's weird. Is she just being a dick? Yeah. And then comes to find out it's not her. She doesn't drink. Yeah, she doesn't drink. It's not her drink, which yeah. is the whole kombucha fucking, she's pounding <laughs> the goddamn kombucha. Every time you turn around, I'm like, she's going to get wrecked. And then the fucking, I love the line where she's like, that fucking Jared Leto, if I ever meet him, I'm going to be his kombucha ass. <laughs> <laughs> kombucha brewing ass or whatever yeah. <laughs> no it was, and it was funny because again in that other cut you see that or you get the story that she like doesn't really handle her liquor all that well because she's not an avid drinker yeah and you see as soon as miles hands her a drink you see benoit blanc going <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like, do not drink that yeah <laughs> it's fucking great man yeah, I love the intricacies of his filmmaking. You'd see it with, uh, I can't remember the one with uh, Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt where it was like the time traveling. They were the same person in the time traveling fucking Looper. He did a movie Looper. called Looper that was really fucking great and did a lot of the same things. There's just some really intricate filmmaking and like shots that are seem normal, but if you pay attention to them, like, they give away a lot of the movie and what the, the actual story is. So this one's no exception. In fact, I think this one might be, as far as the cinematography piece goes, might be the crowning achievement of Ryan Johnson and his, like, crazy shit, because this one was wild. And especially, like, all the characters, as you're watching that first cut before you see going back and seeing Helen's take, like, you get this, each character sitting around the pool and whatnot, and she's always there but you don't see what the fuck she's doing until you see her cut of it other than she's just sitting there staring at people and being all weird and awkward and shit and making everybody uncomfortable like you just see the disdain of all these people that they have towards miles even though they're suck hanging on to the the golden, golden tit. Tit. yeah what a great line throughout this movie yeah it just was a lot of fun like i it was so much intricate shit throughout this whole movie and the comedy is just fucking gold just i couldn't like i didn't think that he could outdo himself from knives out with the comedy because still one of my favorite things i'll still say it today like if someone's giving me shit or whatever and they're like i'm like i'm not eating one iota of shit because it was just this background line in knives out where chris whatever his character was evans? like chris evans's character is like you eat shit and you eat shit and you eat shit, and the uncle in the background as he's walking out is like, I'm not eating one iota of shit. And I still say that just as like, I'm not, mm -mm. but like he had some fucking classic lines, like where Benoit Blanc goes off on Miles being a moron. So funny because he break. I mean, it's a running joke, right? Clue and how it's a stupid game. He's like, yeah. He's like, this is dumb. This is like worse than Clue. 
it gets to the point where it like flashes back to that's like handing them a loaded gun and turning the lights off. And he's like, you motherfucker, you took my idea. <laughs> like I gave you the idea. <laughs> the one good murder you pulled off and you took it all from me. Like it was my idea, which, and it was, yeah, it was just fucking great. Loved it. Let's not even like this fuel the future and stuff and the big wrap up with Helen. Oh my gosh. That was amazing. And dang, feel bad for the Mona Lisa. I have a feeling that they wouldn't have actually loaned it out to him, but holy smokes. Yeah. What a great cherry on the top. Yeah. Well, at least you get to be remembered with the Mona Lisa like you always wanted to. Oh, for sure. Oh, my drop. (laughs) Dude, it was so good. And I love, too, that was another piece of the comedy. Like, at first I was annoyed by it. Like, the glass sliding up and down constantly in the fucking background. By the end of it, like, every time it happened, I was laughing my ass off. Like, it was just so stupid. It's just those little things. Like you said, like just the little lines at the end and like the little pieces of silliness in this movie wrapped around this giant murder mystery, multiple murder mystery, really, that, man, it's just, it's hilarious. Such no, a I absolutely death. loved it. And then, like, I think my favorite part was when they're doing this big reveal and they're wrapping it up and they're going back in time and showing when uh, they talk about Miles going to killing Andy and then almost hitting Duke on his way back. And yeah. Duke says, like, hey, remember that night you almost pancaked me outside of Ann? And he goes, Anderson Cooper's birthday party? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I was like, yeah. are you kidding me? <laughs> yep. Fuck, dude. No, just so good. you have this going back and forth with motive and opportunity, and you see Helen's story, and even you know, Benoit Blanc is like, there's no way it's Miles. He's too smart to pull this off. Yeah. And then we get the big really like, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> like, there's no way you're this dumb. <laughs> I loved it. Cause even like the tense moments where you got stuff going on that's really kind of confusing or tension-based is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, down to the point where you have uh, what's your name? Poor Peg. Oh yeah. Who is just like stereotypical assistant trying to get out of a bad situation. And you know, Miles like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> but oh, you all, you have to think like maybe it's Peg, right? Maybe she's involved in this some way. Sure. And I was like, why is Daryl on the island? He's gotta have a role to play. And no, Daryl's just a pothead that yeah. <laughs> enjoying his time in Greece. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and that's another thing that like to bring that up is the cast is outrageous. Like Oh, yeah. That's another piece of these movies is without the cast, this movie doesn't work. You know, same for the first one, same for this one. Like, because, and I'll be honest, like, there were people in this cast that I was like, Ugh. like, I worry about some of them. Like, Kate Hudson is Kate Hudson, but she's not my favorite. But as Birdie, she was great. She's just mm-hmm. this, this neurotic, annoying idiot. It's my secret phone. Yeah. <laughs> Can I have my secret phone back? Yeah, and now has to, like, ruin her fucking life because she has to take credit for the fact that he set up sweatshops and she's so fucking stupid she thought it was because they were making sweatpants or sweatsuits. I'm like, don't tell me you think a sweatshop is where they made sweats. 
Unreal, dude. She's like, ah, like yeah. oopsie. Unreal, dude. Like, I about lost it. I just lost it. Well, and Ed Norton, the guy's an acting phenom, but you always hear the stories about how he's a dick on set. So I always worry when he's in a movie sometimes because you just never know what it's going to do to the, the... But the rest, like, to Jessica Henwick, Peg, like, she's so underrated. She's been in a lot of weird things, but, like, she's amazing. Don't even get me started on freaking Catherine Hahn. She's one of my favorite comedians on the planet. Easy. Um, and then Janelle Monae's coming out recently she killed it and i'll be honest like i don't think anybody else could have pulled off the andy helen swap as well as she did just because she can be so sweet and nice and so sinister looking at the same time oh yeah yeah she was amazing yeah i just the cast is was outrageous outrageous cast just pulled it off they just made all these characters interesting to watch believably invested in his death and trying to keep what they have, you know? And so it was just like, yeah, they killed it. So kudos to him for putting together casts like that too. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. And they all worked really well together. Mm-hmm. Like you believed they were all really hating Edward Norton, which might be why they cast him. He's such an asshole on set yeah. to get that kind of vibe, but at oh, the same yeah. time, not willing to take that step to, put him on the chopping block i think my standout though was whiskey freaking <laughs> madeline klein she killed it and i've only ever seen her i don't know if you've ever watched it on netflix the they're on this island in south carolina and i can't even think of the name of it now it's really not a great show if i'm being honest with you um outer banks it's called outer banks no, okay um not a great show it's kind of shitty a lot of unknown people with like one or two actors that you're like i think i know that face right <laughs> that's it but she's always been good in the show and then she really just killed it in this like every time she was on camera like i couldn't not only is she gorgeous but she just stole scenes acting mm-hmm. and visually like yeah this was a standout oh, performance easy. for her like when she pushes that glass at the end and flips from, them off. <laughs> yeah like it's hard to steal a scene from daniel craig oh <laughs> Very hard, especially as Benoit Blanc. Yeah. And no, she consistently did it, even with like only one or two lines of dialogue. Yeah. Uh, I laughed my ass off when they were pushing the glass shit and she pushes it and just flips him. I was fucking great. (laughs) Such a stupid thing, but like, yeah, it just was fun. Yeah. She killed it. She was my favorite besides Benoit Blanc. Yeah. Daniel Craig, he just, and then Janelle Monet. Her name is very hard for me. I always want to call her Janae Monell, but it's it's not that. Janelle Monet. And then and then Whiskey as like a character that shouldn't have been as prominent and stuck out as much as she did. Kudos to her, because that was yeah, it's hard to make a bit part that low as forward facing as she was. Absolutely. Yeah. And the assumption that she was dumb, and it turns out she's like pretty kind of smart. You know what I mean? Like, I love like that. working on a billionaire brand. And yeah, going yeah, yeah. To pods. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Using this knuckleheaded Dave Bautista's like, and she's like, I don't know if I'm really having like this moral dilemma on whether I should keep, because he's such a man, right wing man, dude. And I, you know, is that going to hurt my brand later? I'm like, this is fucking great. <laughs> it was such a stupid conversation, but it was great. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. That's how the world is right now. Absolutely. Like, Use them till you can dump them and get rid of them. 
Yeah. I mean, you take whatever inroads you can get to get yours. Right. And then exactly. Then you make it your own. So yeah, I could talk about this show and I'm only, I only watched it once. Surprisingly, I normally will double up, but with me feeling like shit, I just was like, I don't know if I have the mental capacity to try to watch this again, but without question, it's yeah. a good one to watch for a rewatch. Absolutely. And really quick, before we wrap up, what a great cameo from Hugh Grant. Like, <laughs> <laughs> answering the door. Like, I was so mad at myself for not recognizing his voice, like when he was yelling at him in the first part. And then he opens the door and I was like, I cheered. Like, I was like, yes, I love Hugh Grant. Even when he's only on it for like two seconds. All right, just baking. Yeah. Just baking as as Benoit's freaking husband, boyfriend, whatever he was, which is causing all the uproar. Who gives a shit? It was so fun. It's perfect pairing too. This hoity toity yeah. British dude baking, and then you got this <laughs> as Chris Evans says, the, the foghorn leghorn drawl. Like <laughs> just love it. Love this. I love the character. I'm looking, there's a third one coming. They've already I heard that. Yeah. They had a, they had a third one planned. Yep. Third one's planned. Cannot wait. Well, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Should we rate this thing? Let's do it. All right. You go first. I'll let you go. I first. get to go first. Yeah, okay. I'll let you go first. So if you've made it this far in the episode, I guess you could understand that we liked it. Yeah. I mean, that goes without saying, I will say, and it's not really a knock on this specific movie, but a knock on mysteries in general is that the rewatchability frequently isn't there. So I'm glad that they add that comedy, but still it's just something that I don't think I could enjoy multiple times the same way I enjoyed the first one, just because I already know the twist in the story. I think that the mystery thrillers that we get could benefit. And I think this movie could benefit as well by adding a second killer instead of have it just be miles. Cause I know they were kind of lean that way in the story where, you know, someone's protecting Miles, someone's protecting Miles, and we find out that Miles killed both Andy and Duke. And I would have, I think the rewatchability would have been there more if there's two killers, because yeah. then you have to remember if you come back in a couple years, oh, wait, you know, I thought Miles was the killer for mm. the movie, but no, it was actually Claire or something like that who killed Andy. But overall, I don't think that's like a huge issue with the movie. It doesn't hurt at all. It just would help me to enjoy a little bit more straight out of the bucket. This is my second five. Ooh, damn. Second five. This is going to be up there with Amsterdam. So we're starting out 2023 with a five JJ going to start oh, out. Right. Love it. Um, so yes, I will be watching it again. Loved it. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I was stoked when it came out cause I forgot it was even coming out and then I saw the previews and then I was like, Oh shit, this is out. So I was really excited because we didn't know what the hell we were going to watch. And I was like, I was like, in fact, you texted me. I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. (laughs) And then I looked real quick. I'm like, oh, this is out. This one. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, we can watch it right now because it's out already. Um, (laughs) And I'm glad we did, man. It was fun. Mm -hmm. Like I said, Ryan Johnson gets poo-pooed on a lot. Look, I'm one of those weirdos that actually enjoyed The Last Jedi because it was a different story. I don't think it's unrealistic to believe people get to weird places. And I think that's what is paramount in his writing throughout is the actual characterizations of people. And like 
where we fall in this morally ambiguous world that we live in and like what drives us. And like his characters always have that. And this one's no exception. It's a character tale that's surrounded by this murder mystery, right? And you get to learn a little bit about each of these characters enough that you either hate them or love them or you think they're brilliant or they're morons. And yet you have to question every decision that they make. The only person that has any moral legs to stand on technically is kind of Helen. But even then, she doesn't by the end, right? And yeah. And Benoit Blanc, like, he's the only one that's like, look, I'm only here to solve a mystery. I'll tell you the truth, and then I'm out, I'm right? I'm not Batman. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not the police. I'm just going to tell you the truth, and then I walk away. Now, he did get his hands a little dirty on this one when he handed her the freaking fuel. I was like, yes, blow it all to hell. So it was a lot of fun. But look, it's intricate. It's detailed. It's fun. It even keeps a guy like me who tends to fall into the answers just by paying too much attention to detail in movies. It gets me, you know, made me second guess myself, made me question. And I love the way that he can do this. Ryan Johnson does this in these movies with an obvious answer every time. Like you shouldn't second guess yourself, but you do. And I think that's fun on top of the fact that we get good storytelling and great comedy and some really interesting characters. And so for me, Again, I'm going with, I gave it a five. I'm giving this one a five as well. The sequel's as good as the original and in some ways better, in some ways not better, but it's still on that same plane for me. I'm with you, like most murder mysteries. In fact, we got another murder mystery film coming up this month called Fracture. A uh, little darker, a little heavier, not funny at all, really. But the rewatchability, I haven't watched it in probably six, seven years because the rewatchability is hard because once you know, you know, I think that's what sets these ones apart. Like I've watched knives out a hundred times and I still enjoy it just as much as I did the first time. Not because I don't know, or I get questioned about what's going to happen, but because it's fun and it's entertaining and there's so many other things about it that make it good. And I think this one will be just the same. It's just entertaining and fun. And that's been my, my MO this year as we learned from the year in review is like, look, if you can entertain me and make me have fun, I'm going to rank your high, your movie high. And it's just so few and far between these days, but man, the knives out stories, primo. Good shit. Top notch. Yeah. So a double five there. I, you know, what's funny is I, I think Mattson based on, cause I, Mattson gave knives out. I think a four and a half when I gave no, it a five ruined it. So he wouldn't have given it a perfect <laughs> five. I don't think, but I think he would have still scored it pretty high. So, yeah, all around great movie. Go check this one out. And uh, while you're doing that, pay attention to Alec here, who's going to tell you where you can find <laughs> us. Oh, before you do that, we had a name change. Oh, gosh. I know. I forgot to, to warn you earlier. As he was voting, he, he made some name changes. So of course. That name changes now. <laughs> this motherfucker. I love him, dude. In honor of Matson's vacation to New Zealand, his name is now Auckland Zoo's Flamingo Exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's the fucking greatest thing ever <laughs> so yeah 
Alec, tell everybody where they can find us, man. <laughs> uh, thank you, one and all, for tuning into the episode. This episode of What's Our Verdict, and a special thank you if you made it through the whole episode. We appreciate you. This is the first episode of 2023, and talk about an absolute ripper. The docket for the rest of the month will be up on the website soon, if it isn't already. So keep an eye out for that. I am really excited about at least one of those movies. And what makes it even better is that Matson is going to hate it. <laughs> for those looking for content, as soon as Matson gets back from being up hobbits in New Zealand, we will be recording our very first Patreon special. Mm-hmm. Another apology to Auckland Zoo's Flamingo exhibit that your Q4 <laughs> request for 2022 is a bit late. But considering that your request was pink flamingos, there was no way we were going to let Matson weasel his way out of it. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you immensely. And if anyone would like to access those extra episodes, check us out on Patreon, where you can find all of the juicy details. This has been yet another first class episode of podcasting. And I will send it back to the top dog, the Sultan of Swat, the great Bambino, JJ himself. Oh, I love that callback. A great movie. I don't know that we've watched that one. We'll have to add that one to the list sometime. Thanks, buddy. As always, that's great. And thanks to Auckland Zoo's Flamingo Exhibit. We love you, man. (laughs) I love it when it works out that way and there was no planning beforehand. (laughs) I know. I just forgot. Like, I noticed it today. Because sometimes, like, I'll go through all these interactions on Patreon with him. Like, I'll read his comments. I'll comment back. and We'll do all this stuff. And then... Like, I won't even notice it until I just get on. I'm like, oh, fuck, he changed again. (laughs) There's some fun content on Patreon, man. I'm telling you, the comments alone are just gold. So Pure gold. Yeah. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Hasta la vista, baby. Cinematic out.